Dynamic duo of Herb Lawrence and Chris Tannehill. Those two are like a tag team, you know? Come with me to Southside of Chicago. Hi, this is Jim Tomey, and the best White Sox talk is on Locked On Sox podcast with Tanny and Herb. Tanny and Herb. Hello, and welcome back to Locked On Sox. My name is Herb Lawrence. With me, as always, is Chris Tannehill. How are you? This evening, Chris Tannehill. Oh, doing just fine, Herbie. Uh, this episode of Lockdown White Sox, the part two, the let's call it What Up Wednesday, the part two of our Mailbag Monday episode, which was pushed back to a Tuesday, is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com and use our promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order at builtbar.com. All right, Herbie. So, a couple things here, real quick, before we get started. Kind of appropriate tonight uh, that we are episode number seventy-four. Who else could it be? It could literally only be one person. So, we are hereby decreeing, decrying, whatever, labeling this the Eloy Jimenez episode. Eloy Jimenez. Jimenez. Cracked the bat on that swing and still drove it out of the park. The bat shattered in his hands. Thanks, Cubs. You know, listening to that clip, I mean, it's just a, a classic all-time call by by Jason Benetti and Steve Stone. A great moment, uh, signaling uh, one of the. Uh, Moments where the, the death of the rebuild was imminent and one of the few moments of, of positivity uh, before 2020. But just that's like the first highlight that I've heard with like legit crowd noise in a long time. Like we've gone through, we are eight months into the pandemic and, you know, the all team sports not playing without fans all year pretty much. Um, and just hearing fans there just sounded weird and also got me excited at the possibilities and thinking about all those moments in 2020 for the White Sox, what it would have sounded like if there was fans there. But uh, it's kind of a, appropriate tonight that it's the Eloy Jimenez episode because uh, there's someone in baseball who stepped down today on the north side of town, uh, a guy who we both respect very much, Theo Epstein, mm-hmm. and uh, we would not have Eloy Jimenez if not for the Cubs, uh, Theo Epstein and Jed Hoyer. But Theo stepped down today, and I just wanted to note that real quick. After nine seasons with the Cubs, delivering on his promise of a World Series title uh, to the longest-suffering franchise in history, uh, to those people who had never met any White Sox fans. Um, but he delivered on his promise, and just what a great career with the Cubs. Three straight NLCS appearances, and of course the one World Series title, and of course sending Eloy Jimenez to the South Side. Thanks, Cubs! So, I, you know, I don't know if you just want to, you know, just talk about Theo for a second, but just a, a class act individual who we, I don't, have you ever met Theo in person other than just talking to him on the phone? No, I've never met him in person. Okay. So just a great dude. I had a chance to meet him 
when we were at the spring training facility for the Cubs uh, when I was there with the Bernstein and Goff show back in 2017. Um, but just a class act all the way. Just I know things that he's done privately for people at the station. Just a, a quality dude, a really smart guy, a guy who's probably way too talented and smart to be running a baseball organization, but I'm sure Cubs fans were, were thrilled that he was running theirs. And we'll talk about him in the coming weeks or the coming days, just about maybe his prospects as, as being someone to usurp Rob Manfred, but just a, an incredible career by, by Theo Epstein and how fortuitous that uh, it happens on the day of the Eloy Jimenez episode of Locked on Sox. Yeah, I love it. Um, I appreciate him trading uh, Eloy and uh, Dylan Cease over to the White Sox. It's a great move, but you know, he. I think his legacy is, of course, uh, breaking two of the longest curses in baseball history, and um, it's. I mean, guaranteed Hall of Famer, all that good stuff. But as I've witnessed and other people have told me, even better dude, like understands his privilege, understands his his the fact that he can go to uh, Ivy League school, be in baseball when he's a real young play, a young kid be a GM when he's under 30 and has success at it. And he understands that and he wants to give back. He wants to have social justice. He wants to have um, equality for all. And he seems like he's, yeah, like way too smart just to be running a baseball team. Like it's like a lot of talent. And while he's doing something he loves, it's like, oh man, that powers can be used for so much more, so much uh, greater things but you know it's not his not my wish upon him to do what i want i want him to have his his bliss and it seems like you know leaving the cubs after nine years he's gonna do some of that uh, but to speak to my man's eloy jimenez <laughs> he uh still is bad at defense but that bat <laughs> that bat is a thing still real oh my god like every time i think about the guy i think about that detroit home run where Stoney pretty much predicted, like, go to right field, and this man is going to be on flame. And he went to right field with power and took that ball out of the park, and then the rest of the year was solid. Like, he raised his average after that exponentially. It was great. So that's what I think about Eloy and, uh, of course, you know, the bad plays in the outfield. But the great plays in the field and the fact that he came back for the playoff game and was hobbled and still hit that double and gave it his all, that's all you got to say about the kid. He's he's all heart. Absolutely, man. And you know, one of the things that we don't talk about enough for the 2020 Sox is uh, is what a great year he had. Almost hitting 300, uh, 14 home runs in the 60 games, an 891 OPS. Like he was up there. Like in the first you know month or so, we we're talking about him as maybe an MVP candidate. But I, I don't think it'll be his last time. Uh, being around the, the, those words right there. So we're certainly glad that uh, Theo Epstein, Jed Hoyer, uh, sent Eloy Jimenez and Dylan Seas over to the White Sox in the Eloy Jimenez episode on the day and where... Flete, right, too? Bri- Flete and Bri- Bryant, Flete, and Matt Rose. Absolutely, yeah. So what a trade. What a trade. And uh, one that certainly will alter the the franchise history for the White Sox, hopefully. He's a part of a World Series winning team, Eloy, and uh, you know maybe we'll see Jose Quintana come back <laughs> for the White Sox. I hope we're not settling. Uh, just take a pitcher, all those three in a pitcher oh, together. God. Oh God! <laughs> oh, uh, the White Sox fans just have that up there on their wall and just deserve to it. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> okay, where, where where do we go from here? What was I gonna say? Yeah. So <laughs> speaking of speaking of jerk offs, uh, so people want Theo to be a politician because people project and like they're selfish. Like it's like, oh, I I mm-hmm. lean Democrat, so I want Theo to be head of the DNC. Like, no, how about yeah. someone who's smart and intelligent, be someone who serves everyone equally, but someone bipartisan or nonpartisan, I should say. And you know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't always have to like have him alienate half the people like this guy has got mass appeal you know what i mean uh, and smart enough to, to reach all people you want to put him in in, in in the dnc and put him in politics he's a limiting yeah a limiting force today yeah. he said he didn't really want to be a politician that was great he it was, was to work on policy though yeah it was an awesome, awesome quote today uh, so yeah just figure we, we wrap it up with that uh, but should we get into the bag here herbie let's do it a lot of emails. We're going to try to get to some. There's another email. I love email. Oh, we love email too. How can they, the Locked On White Sox listener, get us, Locked On Sox, their emails for next Mailbag Monday and talk to us Tuesday or what up Wednesday? Uh, you can send your emails to LockedOnSox at gmail.com. That is LockedOnSoxGmail.com. Questions, comments, whatever nonsense you want to send us, we'll read them. Not all of them make our shows, though. That's right. And this episode of Lockdown White Sox is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. And somehow the new Built Bar is even delicious-er. They've got 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut varieties. The six new flavors being caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. And also there's 12 original flavors that you guys know and love. Banana bread, raspberry, coconut almond, orange, toffee, my favorite, the... Yeah, that's right. German chocolate and built bars are so delicious because they are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew and they're great if you're doing the keto diet or if you're just trying to lose or maintain some of that weight while still enjoying those delicious chocolatey snacks that you and I love so much. So uh, right now, if you go to BuiltBar.com, you can get a free cooler while supplies last, but you got to hurry. Again, go to BuiltBar.com, use our promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And now, back to the bag. All right, so let, let's let's uh, start it off with your guy, our guy. We uh, we had a bunch of emails from from Monday's episode, and we we kept some of them for today. So the, where we last left off, we were answering uh, a question, no doubt, uh, about Tony Larusa, uh, most <laughs> likely. Uh, so let's switch it up a bit here, shall we? Um, our guy, Sam and Hinsdale. Hi, Herb and Chris. Sam from Hinsdale Hello, here. Long-time listener. My question is, what are your guys' thoughts on another extension for Jose Abreu in 2023 when his current deal expires? My thinking is, after the recent season he had earning his first deserving AL MVP award, it's imperative he retire on the south side. I know he'll be 36 by then, but given he doesn't look like he's slowing down anytime soon, I say re-sign him in an instant. This player has truly become the heart and soul of a team since arriving in 2014 and will have his number retired in the far future. Uh, anyways, what are your guys' opinions to this? Yes or no? That's from Sam and Hinsdale. Thank you, Sam, as always. So, Jose Abreu, extension after the extension. What say you? I say no. Multiple reasons. Firstly is because he'll be long in the tooth. And I, th- I think we held on to people because there are you know, stars and there are guys who've done great things. Like I think Paul Konerko is a classic uh, form of example for that. 
Um, we weren't competing at the time, so this is uh, much worse, I would think. But Paulie, I think, stayed one or two years way past his, uh, did. his effectiveness. And so I was like, ugh, I don't like to see this. Paul Canerco is one of my last memories of him. And so this is why I think about Jose Abreu. I thought last year he was done. And, you know, he proved me wrong. Hell, and that's part of my second reason. Prove me wrong again. I do not want him on the other side of 35, so 36, 37, 38, to be on the White Sox in his waning years, which should be his waning years. If they're not his waning years, oof, friends, there's some problems there. <laughs> but, yeah, I would say, like, yeah, I would love for him to be that guy who only plays for the White Sox, but if his level of play goes down, especially with a bunch of people who are either first baseman DHs on this team, you got to give them room, especially Andrew Vaughn will be already on the teams probably by that time. And you probably want the kid to be playing some first base in that in that time because it's way too young for him to be an all-time DH. So, yeah, I would think that by 36, if he's slowed down a little bit, yeah, we don't sign him into another extension because you're paying him for what he's going to do, not what he's done for your team. Yeah, let, let's uh, let me really reevaluate this when when the time comes. But am I putting it out of the realm of possibility? Uh, no, I don't think so. But here's why I hope it doesn't happen. Um, hopefully, when you're talking about a DH a couple years from now, hopefully that's where Eloy's hitting in the lineup comfortably, and you have uh, a stellar left fielder uh, who's a, a competent bat out there. So you've you've made your lineup better, and you have a guy that can DH for you for the next. 10 years or so maybe uh, hopefully you have that there and hopefully Andrew Vaughn is holding it down at first base and, and hopefully there's no room for Jose Abreu and also what I'm hoping is that the White Sox already won their World Series by then so Jose Abreu doesn't have to stick around for no reason mm-hmm. that's kind of how yeah. I, that's kind of how I feel about it we kind of have to recalibrate the way we think as White Sox fans like you said you know you, you don't want these players holding on just because like it's kind of a selfish like but you know, there's things, there's things of consequence here with the White Sox being hopefully in their competitive window where they'll have a realistic shot every year and you should be looking to upgrade every single position all the time. And I don't think Jose Abreu will profile out to be as someone who you must have in your lineup as your championship window is not quite closing, but when it, when you're almost like basically you could argue you're in the middle of it with the uh, the, mm-hmm. the age of this roster, you'd be in the middle of your window with within someone with deteriorating skills and every opportunity to sacred to, to quote Theo Epstein uh, in, in the postseason. That's not a problem you want to have to deal with. But I will say this, though, about Jose Abreu. I think his, his skills profile pretty nicely uh, Some guy as a guy who could play in his, his mid-30s, obviously. You know, looking at the oldest players in the game now, someone who Jose Abreu talked to last week about his new manager, Tony La Russa. He talked to Albert Pujols, who's uh, 40 years old, I believe, currently. And so, you know, he's got, he's got one more year left in that Angels deal, like we mentioned. But, yeah, I, I think Jose could still probably hit and rake uh, when he's in his mid-30s, um, you know, but but hopefully he won't feel compelled to stick around. He's made plenty of money, and hopefully he'll be a World Series champion by then. So, yeah, I, I hope it's not something we have to talk about, but uh, with the White Sox, look what we just saw here. A, a, a guy who hasn't been the manager in 30-something years brought back, uh, you know, that that's what we're looking at. So, you know, you never you never say never with the White Sox. So. But thank you, Sam. We always appreciate you checking in, as always, one of our – uh, best contributors here to the Locked On and White Sox podcast. Uh, next up here, 
from Greg and Bartlett. A couple weeks ago, I emailed you asking if you thought Yohan Moncada would give up number 10 for Tony. I was always on the side that Yohan should keep his number regardless. Now, if Tony doesn't resign and he's not fired, I believe the only appropriate jersey for him would be number 09. <laughs> Hopefully that doesn't offend Benito Santiago. That's Greg and Bartlett. Yeah, I don't know where this I, – I, I think the White Sox have a lot of – Things to worry about before what number Tony LaRusso is going to wear is is on that list, um, but I, I could definitely see that being a problem later on. Uh, like, how what would the optics of that look like if they had to strip Yoan of his number ten and give it to his manager, like mm-hmm. in spring training? Because I don't think this is going to be a top of mind issue with the whole mm-hmm. uh, pending DUI case and the holidays coming up and the mm-hmm. pandemic. I don't think this is something that's been discussed at great length with with Tony LaRusso and Yoan Moncada. Um, I guess. Maybe Maybe Yohan could keep the number if, if Tony feels it's genuine, but I don't know. I'm not sold right now. I'd have to hear a case from Yohan's side. But what, what do you think about this debacle? And uh, was that uh, was that his blood alcohol content? Uh, <laughs> 0.090. So mm-hmm. I don't know, you can't fit that on a jersey. So I think that's what what Greg was going for. Yeah. But uh, do you see this being a problem, Herb? I hope it's a problem. <laughs> Please let it be a problem. <laughs> I don't see it be a problem at all. I mean, talk about already and not like already not being really popular with the fans. And like the people say, read the room, Tony, as he presses and the White Sox are like, yeah, Yoan, give up the manager, give up that 10 to the manager, the Hall of Fame manager. It's like he barely get to see the 10. Like they're usually wearing track jackets and such, <laughs> like a uh, Buck Showalter. I friends. hope I hope it's Tony. Nine, yeah, seven degrees. Yeah, and what's he doing? What's he doing wearing that? Partner, shortest manager show I ever did. Yeah, Buck Showalter <laughs> on Seinfeld last night, Seinfeld episode after the Bears game. Because that's right, I watch on the HD antenna. I, I'm on my local <laughs> local. I don't want to miss my many of my local used programs. Got it. Yeah, the hilarious used guys and their <laughs> hilarious used wives. <laughs> that's a really inside joke. But as I was saying, I hope Tony brings back the uh, the collared uh, the, the the collared windbreaker. I think that would, mm. that would that would be pretty fly if they brought back into the fold. But now I just I can't stop laughing, thinking to myself walking around the concourse and seeing Moncada number ten jersey guys and girls being all pissed because Moncada's <laughs> wearing like you know eleven or some shit. <laughs> just one, it'd have to be one 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 digit off. But yeah, I, I don't think that would that would happen. You'd have a lot of angry people who are probably raising their kids uh, to be Moncada fans. And like that's going to be the guy that that a lot of the youngsters identify with, and all of a sudden you have to buy a new jersey for your son or daughter. I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. Sadly, as much as I wanted to. I know this was kind of off top, but is Aparicio eleven? Oh, that's right. Yeah, shame on me. My goodness, what was what was the? I I, I literally have it in front of me right now. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but that would be great if they just said, you know what, take the. It just becomes this 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 circus of the snowballing of bad moves. So they give Moncada or Aparicio's eleven, <laughs> and, and, and then the Aparicio family gets pissed. Like we, and, we <laughs> like they forget. And then they go. They go to. <laughs> they go and take uh, Connor Gillespie's twelve, <laughs> and then everybody's pissed. <laughs> Connor Gillespie's like, 12. what? Yeah. AJ, <laughs> your, your bench coach is like, what's going on here? I still have number 12. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, yeah. Where, 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 where in the hell were we? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next one here. You know what? But while we're, uh, while we're on it here, uh, I want to send a quick shout out and a thank you to uh, Jordan Malley of Locked on Bulls, uh, one of our 670 The Score teammates and also a teammate here on the Locked on 
uh, podcast network. And, uh, you know, he helped me out with some social media stuff earlier today. And uh, if you were looking for Bulls content, if you're listening to us, you know, your odds are you're in Chicago and you're a Bulls fan. So if you are, they got the NBA draft coming up today, tonight, as you're listening to this. And they do a great job with the Locked On Bulls podcast. Uh, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck just do awesome work. Funny, irreverent, knowledgeable, uh, great guys, hardworking guys, and one of the best podcasts on the on the network. And they they've been an incredible resource to us as we got launched here on the network. Is to just you know advice and how to do things and you know just leading by example. So uh, love those guys and they they helped us out. And it's a perfect time to mention that you should check them out if you'd like to talk about the boo. Yeah, those guys are great. I love Jordan and I uh, love Matt Peck. Uh, Locked on Bulls. I mean, with the draft coming up tomorrow, yeah, definitely tune into their preview. And after the draft, they're going to have something fresh. So, yeah, they're good guys. And uh, Jordan, yeah, he, he hooked us to a lot of good stuff on this uh, podcast network. One of the reasons why this is so popular, you know, and you guys who are listening, so popular with the baseball fans. So uh, thank you to Jordan. Thank you to Jay Zawoski who got us started on this. Of course, Tanny, myself, we're, Robert we're very Chief. grateful for all this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Chief, yes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, all right. Uh, next one up. This is from Robbie. Robbie says this. Hey, fellas, love the show and honesty you guys bring to the table. I'm a lifelong Sox fan since 84 and I'm 43 years old. I've been following the Mariners a bit out here. And Ooh. since uh, I live in Portland, that the, that's the closest MLB team to me. I briefly heard that the Sox signed Tim Beckham to a minor league deal. He was a somewhat decent infielder while with the Mariners. What do you guys think about this acquisition? Will he be filling Yomer Sanchez's shoes? Thank you from Robbie. Herb, what do you think about Tim Beckham? I know what you think about Tim Beckman, your guy. Uh, yeah, I was about to be <laughs> pissed up. Uh, Tim Beckham, the guy who was picked the same time as uh, our guy, Gordon Beckham. Uh, same draft. I think he was picked first overall. Gordon was picked eighth overall. Um, all I remember from him, he was an underachieving guy out there in uh, Seattle. So I don't really recall anything special about him. I don't know if he has a lot of speed. I would assume so. I think he plays position of shortstop. Why would you and assume he's got a lot of speed, Herb? Because you're a racist, like that one guy yes. on the on the iTunes said. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he did get me right. Um, no, like uh, Chappelle. It's like Dave is not. Dave is not a licensed psychic. Dave is just a racist. He makes <laughs> assumptions based on stereotypes. <laughs> so Tim Beckham, in 2017, he hit 22 homers, 2018, 12, and 2019, 15 homers. So he's got a little bit of pop, you know, but he can play basically every infield position. And, you know, it's not like I'd seek out Tim Beckham, like, oh, my God, I got to have him on my roster right now. But he's one of those guys when when you're getting your ass kicked by an inferior team and they've got Tim Beckham on their side, you're like, oh, this Tim Beckham looks like a pretty good player, you know, <laughs> like just because he's you know, hitting off your bad team pitching staff. But he is a guy with some pop. And I think about, you know, he's, he's played shortstop mostly. And I think about what happens uh, if T.A. went down again. Um, which was a huge problem for the White Sox. You know, he's he's their best player, uh, best infielder. You know, Luis Robert, you could argue, maybe is their best player. But I think you could say right now Tim Anderson's your best player. Let's just say that. I'm just going to mm-hmm. go ahead and say it. Uh, controversial takes here on Locked on Sox. But you think about someone who's, who fits a similar profile. Obviously, he's not going to have the same average uh, as, as Tim Anderson. 
Um, but he, he, you know, he only got on base at just under a 300 clip in 2019. So it's not a guy that's going to be an on base machine, but is a guy who can play a competent shortstop, but also has got a little bit of pop. So you still like that would be the only thing that you'd have him around for basically is that's another guy who can hit balls out of the ballpark. You know, it's in an emergency situation. I don't mind the move. Quite frankly. Yeah, me either. Um, I I think I mistakenly said that he was on Seattle. He was on Seattle two thousand nineteen. Started as a prospect for Tampa Bay Rays and came up for a couple of years there. So my mistake there. But yeah, yeah, it's a move that you know doesn't hurt, might help. So absolutely, I'm fine with it. All right, thank you, Robbie. Next one is from Alex. Alex says, hey, guys, big fan of the cast. That's podcast. Uh, uh, my question for the next Monday Mailbag is in regards to free agency. I've seen the list of free agents, and I know the White Sox shopping list is the same as last year, basically. A DH, a starting pitcher, and a right fielder. My question for you is, what do you think of Chuck Garfine's idea to bring on Nelson Cruz from Minnesota to fill our DH role? I think he'd perform better than what we've gotten out of DH since Tommy. Thank you, and keep up the phenomenal work. That's Alex at SocksideIrish99 on Twitter. Thank you. Thank you, Alex, for listening, but that's that's a locked on Sox idea. Not Chuck Garfine. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, Chuck's good, but, you know. We have talked about it before, though, yes. Yeah, we have talked about Nelson Cruz because we're not bringing back Edwin, of course. Um, Oddly I enough, said, you bring know, him back because the Zips thought like if he comes to the White Sox, he's like he'll make them bad. Yeah, I, I did you see the Zips projections today? We'll talk about those later on this week. But they still had uh, Encarnacion on the Sox, so I don't know. I'm not, I don't follow the details of the procedures of picking out the roster before the rosters are set. It's like I don't know if they just go by if this if people did what they did last year or if the, if if all the holes were were vacated and they were replugged in by you know whoever was on that spot last year. I don't know how they do it, but the Zips projections had Encarnacion back with the Sox, which I thought that was weird. Maybe some of uh, some of you nerdlingers can explain that to us. Um or I could just maybe do some reading. How about that, idiot? Uh but yeah, I you know the Nelson Cruz thing Love Nelson Cruz. How could you not? Boomstick. You know, he's still like I, I got that's a guy who profiles, you know, like similar maybe to Jose Abreu if you're lucky. Um, you know, just still continues to rake in his late thirties. And we have no doubt in our mind that if he became a White Sox, he would immediately suck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh pop flies all the time, not running bases and such. Yeah. He'll just be uh like Adam Dunn came over, hit twelve home runs. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I I think it would be a you know, that's that's such a tough call uh, to make right there. Uh, ultimately, we also said that I think it'll be Andrew Vaughn as your as your DH with Abreu at first base. I think because he's ready, but more importantly, uh he doesn't affect our payroll that much. So, I think that that's what you'll end up seeing right there cuz you know, I think you can Hopefully, not have to throw money at a DH in the offseason because the contracts are going to be pretty sparse, um, pretty light. So, you would hope that you took those resources and put them elsewhere, like in right field or in your starting rotation. But yeah, there, there's no doubt in our mind that uh, Nelson Cruz will be 40 years old. I said late 30s, and I thought maybe, oh, maybe that's being a little too, uh, you know, you know, I actually give him, maybe he's like only 35, 36. No, I forgot. He's 40 years old. And he'll be 41 midway through next season. So, you know, we keep betting against him. It doesn't make sense on paper. Um, you know, I think 
what I saw from Nelson Cruz in 2020 versus what I saw from Edwin Encarnacion in 2020, I mean, then you'd have to place your bet on Nelson Cruz in that situation. So I, I, I understand the logic if that's what the Sox would like to do, but I just think my gut says he'll suck if he's a White Sox just because that's what happens to free agents most of the time. So, um, yeah, so thank you very much, Alex. We appreciate you. Um, wrapping it up here, Jesse D says, Hey, fellas, assuming Hall of Fame baseball person Tony LaRusso gets to keep his job with the White Sox, how far-fetched an idea would it be to bring Ozzie Guillen back into the fold as the third base coach? I know it's a crazy idea, but so was hiring Tony LaRusso. Anyway, keep up the great work and have a great Thanksgiving. Jesse D at George Jones uh, with the O's at zeros. George Jones on Twitter. Thank you, Jesse D. Uh, appreciate you, and we hope you guys uh, all have a great Thanksgiving. But we'll talk to you guys plenty of times before then. But you, in particular, Jesse D, what do you think here, Herbie? Uh, bringing Ozzy back to be uh, a third base coach? No, um, we spoke about a similar situation where the White Sox wanted to have uh, Sandy Alomar as the bench coach to Robin Ventura, and Sandy said no because I don't want people to have perceptions that I'm going to be like the coach in waiting and they're just waiting for Robin to get fired so I can just step in as a natural uh, interim manager. And that's what everybody would do. Like Ozzy's on the team, and Ozzy's in the fucking on post game show they want him to be manager all the time and he he, act, he uses his opinion too i would not want him there yeah like third base coaches they're silent they're usually not have a microphone in front of their face and i just can't imagine that the media in this town wouldn't put a microphone in front of third base coach on face every time a good play happened every time a wave didn't happen in his uh in his favor and him cussing out the media and Tony being like, what the hell, man? Why is this guy getting more shine than me? I'm a hall of fame manager. Why is you guys putting the microphones in his face more than I? So, you know, just create a big time riff and don't need that. Don't need any chemistry things that are already present when Tony's in the house, but then another guy that might be more popular than him at third base. Just troubles. How about Ozzie Guillen? doesn't deserve to be sitting there at third base. Ozzie Guillen deserves to be beat someone's manager in the major leagues. Like, How about the fact that Ozzie Guillen has been to the playoffs with the White Sox more times than Tony La Russa? And Ozzie Guillen with the White Sox versus Tony La Russa, Ozzie Guillen has one more World Series ring than Tony does. He has none. So come on, man. That guy won a World Series in this town. And you want to have him a third base coach. Like basically almost like a mascot on the field. You know what I mean? Like I feel like, yeah, that, that's, you can't have that. But uh, I appreciate the sentiment. And uh, I would I wish Ozzie Guillen was the manager and it wasn't Tony La Russa. I think Ozzie Guillen should still be managing in baseball. Um, you know, but, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I don't understand. I think people are, are scared of him, you know, and what he might say, especially in, in today's uh, day and times. And, you know, no one's the same person they were like 15, 20 years ago. So, you know, I, I wish he was back in the game, but I don't see it happening every year that goes by. And you f- would figure that this, you know, vacancy by the White Sox, like if it wasn't filled by Ozzy Guillen, like, you know, I don't know if it's ever going to happen again. So, but we appreciate the email and uh, that wraps it up for it for us tonight on the uh, Lockdown of White Sox on the What Up Wednesday, a.k.a. the second part of Talk to Us Tuesday, which is an extension of Mailback Monday. So <laughs> we thank you guys for listening tonight. And now let me tell you, folks, 
in the next episode, yay, 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 uh, we got some fun stuff this week because it's been a busy week. Uh, Kenny Williams talked to Scott Merkin, and he, and he broke his silence uh, about the Tony La Russa hiring. Um, and we'll talk about the Hall of Fame chances of our guy Mark Burley. And plus, as I mentioned before, the Zips projections are out for 2021. We'll show you and tell you where they believe the White Sox will rank both as a team and individually uh, people on the team. So uh, that's all I got for us tonight on Lockdown White Sox, Herbie. So if you want to reach us for the next Mailbag Monday, send it to LockedOnSocks at gmail.com, LockedOnSocks at gmail.com. The show you can follow on Twitter or Instagram, Locked on Socks. And that is Chris Tanhill at Chris Tanhill. Me, Herb Lawrence, Ecknerwall23 on Twitter. And so thank you for listening to this episode of Locked on Socks.